0: in the shop. just go to PGTTCM.com, check out all of our cool T-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shell curtains in there. Keep clean, look cool, have cool stickers to put on stuff, join us on Patreon, get a free sticker. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander on Public Radio. Greetings, listeners. It is I, Dean Spitzer, and Farmer Dave here once again to talk to you about the Cthulhu Mythos. Its books, its monsters, its unfortunate human casualties, its timeline in general, and even its tangential bits, like the Dreamlands or things of a weird nature that are Lovecraftian. Lead. Once more, we head into those dark woods, further feeling those malevolent forces upon us. Once again, we walk down the
1: lightless stone staircase in the middle of nowhere. You're listening to KZOM. Recording by Alex Lau. The Statement of Randolph Carter by H.P. Lovecraft. I repeat to you, gentlemen, that your inquisition is fruitless. Detain me here forever, if you will. Confine or execute me, if you must have a victim to appropriate the illusion you call justice. But I can say no more than I have said already. Everything that I can remember, I have told with perfect candor. Nothing has been distorted or concealed, and if anything remains vague, it is only because of the dark cloud which has come over my mind. That cloud, and the nebulous nature of the horrors which brought it upon me. Again, I say, I do not know what has become of Harley Warren, though I think almost hope that he is in peaceful oblivion, if there be anywhere so blessed a thing. It is true that I have for five years been his closest friend, and a partial sharer of his terrible researches into the unknown. I will not deny, though, my memory is uncertain, and indistinct, that this witness of yours may have seen us together, as he says, on a Gainesville Pike walking toward Big Cypress Swamp at half-past eleven on that awful night. That we bore electric lanterns, spades, and a curious coil of wire with attached instruments. I will even affirm for these things, all played a part in the single hideous scene, which remains burned into my shaken recollection. But of what followed, and of the reason I was found alone and dazed on the edge of the swamp next morning, I must insist that I know nothing save what I have told you, "'over and over again. "'You say to me that there is nothing in the swamp or near it "'which could form the setting of that frightful episode. "'I reply that I knew nothing beyond what I saw. "'Vision or nightmare, it may have been. "'Vision or nightmare, I fervently hope it was. "'Yet it is all that my mind retains "'of what took place in those shocking hours "'after we left the sight of men. "'And why Harley Warren did not return?' some nameless thing I cannot describe, alone can tell. As I have said before, the weird studies of Harley Warren were well known to me, and to some extent shared by me, of his vast collection of strange, rare books. On forbidden subjects I have read all that are written in a language of which I am master, but these are few as compared with those in languages I cannot understand. Most I believe are in Arabic and the fiend-inspired book, which brought on the end. The book which he carried in his pocket out of the world was written in characters whose like I never saw elsewhere. Warren would never tell me just what was in that book. As to the nature of our studies, must I say again that I no longer retain full comprehension? It seems to me rather merciful that I do not, for they were terrible studies, which I pursued more through reluctant fascination, than from actual inclination. Warren always dominated me, and sometimes I feared him. I remember how I shuddered at his facial expression on the night before the awful happening, when he talked so incessantly of his fury, why certain corpses never decay, but rest firm and fat in their tombs for a thousand years. But I do not fear him now, for I suspect that he has known horrors beyond my care. Now I fear for him, Once more, I say that I have no clear idea of our object on that night. Certainly, it had much to do with something in the book which Warren carried with him, that ancient book, in undecipherable characters, which had come to him from India a month before. But I swear, I do not know what it was that we expected to find. Your witness says he saw us at half past eleven, on a Gainesville Pike, headed for a big cypress swamp. This is probably true, but I have no distinct memory of it. The picture seared into my soul is of one scene only, and the hour must have been long after midnight, for a waning crescent moon was high in the vaporous heavens. The place was an ancient cemetery, so ancient that I trembled at the manifold signs of immemorial years. It was in a deep, damp hollow, overgrown with rank grass, moss, and curious creeping weeds, and filled with a vague stench. Which my idle fancy associated absurdly with rotting stone. On every hand were the signs of neglect and decrepitude, and I seemed haunted by the notion that Warren and I were the first living creatures to invade a lethal silence of centuries. Over the valley's rim, a wan, waning crescent moon peered through the noisome vapors that seemed to emanate from unheard of catacombs, and by its feeble, wavering beams, I could distinguish a repellent array of antique slabs, urns, cenotaphs, and mausoleum facades, all crumbling, moss-grown, and moisture-stained, and partly concealed by the gross luxuriance of the unhealthy vegetation. My first vivid impression of my own presence in this terrible necropolis concerns the act of pausing with Warren before a certain half-obliterated sepulchre and of throwing down some burdens which we seemed to have been carrying. I now observed that I had with me an electric lantern and two spades, whilst my companion was supplied with a similar lantern and a portable telephone outfit. No word was uttered, for the spot and the task seemed known to us, and without delay, we seized our spades and commenced to clear away the grass, weeds, and drifted earth from the flat, archaic mortuary. After uncovering the entire surface, which consisted of three immense granite slabs. We stepped back some distance to survey the charnel scene, and Warren appeared to make some mental calculations. Then he returned to the sepulchre, and using his spade as a lever, sought to pry up the slab lying nearest to a stony ruin, which may have been a monument in its day. He did not succeed, and motioned to me to come to his assistance. Finally, our combined strength loosened the stone, which we raised and tipped to one side. The removal of the slab revealed a black aperture from which rushed an effluence of miasmal gases so nauseous that we started back in horror. After an interval, however, we approached the pit again and found the exhalations less unbearable. Our lanterns disclosed the top of a flight of stone steps, dripping with some detestable ichor of the inner earth and bordered by moist walls encrusted with nitre.
2: You can find us at patreon.com forward slash InnsmouthBC. We hope to see you soon, because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind.
0: This month, bandwidth is brought to you by Psychedelic Water. Legal psychedelics suspended in green tea and then put inside of a can for you. Psychedelic water. Who needs a tilling house resonator when you've got psychedelic water? Are you a curvy girl? Do you know a curvy girl? You love a curvy girl. Check out the show links for Curvy Girl. Plus size clothing for plus size women. Glary. Find fine student instruments, beginner's instruments. If you want to modify a guitar, check out Glary. If you want to get into guitars, if you love guitars things from another world it's a store that has art it has toys it has comics graphic novels it is the place if you like that kind of stuff dave and i have talked about it in the show before they were ever a sponsor Dave would like to check out their stuff i like to check out their stuff they're pretty cool toys art graphic design graphic graphic novels for you. Things from another world. Check out the show notes. Uh, Check out the links on our website, PGTTCM. We've got specific stuff there to let you know what they've got going on for specials. Anyway, thank you again so much. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show and how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe. And remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know, uh, submitting stuff actually you don't have to be a patron to submit anything that's how dave got on the show and that's how you can get on the show too it's the people's guide to the cthulhu mythos rate review subscribe tell your friends thank you for listening
1: back to the show and now for the first time my memory records verbal discourse warren addressing me at length in his mellow tenor voice a voice singularly unperturbed by our awesome surroundings I'm sorry to have to ask you to stem the surface, he said, but it would be a crime to let anyone with your frail nerves go down there. You can't imagine, even from what you have read and from what I've told you, the things I shall have to see and do. It's fiendish work, Carter, and I doubt if any man without ironclad sensibilities could ever see it through and come up alive and sane. I don't wish to offend you, and heaven knows I'd be glad to have you with me, but the responsibility is, in a certain sense, mine, and I couldn't drag a bundle of nerves like you down to probable death or madness. I tell you, you can't imagine what the thing is really like, but I promise to keep you informed over the telephone of every move. You see, I've enough wire here to reach the center of the earth and back. I can still hear, in memory, those coolly spoken words, and I can still remember my remonstrances I seemed desperately anxious to accompany my friend into those sepulchral depths. Yet he proved inflexibly obdurate. At one time, he threatened to abandon the expedition if I remained insistent, a threat which proved effective, since he alone held the key to the thing. All this I can still remember, though I no longer know what manner of thing we sought. After he had obtained my reluctant acquiescence in his design, Warren picked up the reel of wire and adjusted the instruments. At his nod, I took one of the latter, and seated myself upon an aged, discolored gravestone close by the newly uncovered aperture. Then he shook my hand, shouldered the coil of wire, and disappeared within that indescribable ossuary. For a minute, I kept sight of the glow of his lantern, and heard the rustle of the wire as he laid it down after him. But the glow soon disappeared abruptly, As if a turn in a stone staircase had been encountered, and the sound died away almost as quickly. I was alone, yet bound to the unknown depths by those magic strands whose insulated surface lay green beneath the struggling beams of that waning crescent moon. In the lone silence of that hoary and deserted city of the dead, my mind conceived the most ghastly fantasies and illusions, and the grotesque shrines and monoliths seemed to assume a hideous personality, a half-senience amorphous shadows seemed to lurk in the darker recesses of the weed-choked hollow, and to flit as in some blasphemous ceremonial procession past the portals of the moldering tombs in the hillside, shadows which could not have been cast by that pallid, peering crescent moon. I constantly consulted my watch by the light of my electric lantern, and listened with feverish anxiety at the receiver of the telephone, but for more than a quarter of an hour heard nothing. Then a faint clicking came from the instrument, and I called down to my friend in a tense voice. Apprehensive as I was, I was nevertheless unprepared for the words which came up from that uncanny vault, an accents more alarmed and quivering than any I had heard before from Harley Warren. He, who had so calmly left me a little while previously, now called from below in a shaky whisper more portentous than the loudest shriek God, if you could see what I am seeing! I could not answer, speechless, I could only wait. Then came the frenzied tones again. Carter, it's terrible, monstrous, unbelievable! This time my voice did not fail me, and I poured into the transmitter a flood of excited questions. Terrified, I continued to repeat, Warren, what is it, what is it? Once more came the voice of my friend, still hoarse with fear, and now apparently tinged with despair. I can't tell you, Carter! It's too utterly beyond thought. I dare not tell you, no man could know it and live. Great God, I never dreamed of this. Stillness again, save for my now incoherent torrent of shuddering inquiry. Then the voice of Warren in a pitch of wilder consternation. Carter, for the love of God, put back the slab and get out of this if you can. Quick, leave everything else and make for the outside. It's your only chance. Do as I say and don't ask me to explain. I heard it was able only to repeat my frantic questions. Around me were the tombs and the darkness and the shadows, below me some peril beyond the radius of the human imagination. But my friend was in greater danger than I, and through my fear I felt a vague resentment that he should deem me capable of deserting him under such circumstances. More clicking, and after a pause, a piteous cry from Warren. Beat it! For God's sake! Put the slab back and beat it, Carter!" Something in the boyish slang of my evidently stricken companion unleashed my faculties. I formed and shouted a resolution. Warren, brace up, I'm coming down! But at this offer, the tone of my auditor changed to a scream of utter despair. Don't! You can't understand! It's too late! And my own fault! Put back the slab and run! There's nothing else you or anyone can do now! The tone changed again, acquiring a softer quality, as of hopeless resignation. Yet it remained tense through anxiety for me. Quick, before it's too late! I tried not to heed it, tried to break through the paralysis which held me, and to fulfill my vow to rush down to his aid. But his next whisper found me still, held inert in the chains of stark horror. Carter, hurry, it's no use! You must go! Better one, than two! The slab! A pause, more clicking, then the faint voice of Warren. Nearly over now, don't make it harder, cover up those damn steps and run for your life! You're losing time, so long, Carter, won't see you again. Here, Warren's whisper swelled into a cry, a cry that gradually rose to a shriek fraught with all the horror of the ages. Curse these hellish things! Lesions, my god, beat it, beat it, beat it! After that was silence. I know not how many interminable eons I sat stupefied, whispering, muttering, calling, screaming into that telephone. Over and over again, through those eons, I whispered and muttered, called, shouted, and screamed, Warren, Warren, answer me, are you there? And then there came to me, the crowning horror of all, the unbelievable, unthinkable, almost unmentionable thing. I have said that eons seemed to elapse after Warren shrieked forth his last despairing warning, and that only my own cries now broke the hideous silence. But after a while there was a fervor clicking in the receiver, and I strained my ears to listen. Again I called down, Warren, are you there? And an answer, I heard of a thing, which has brought this cloud over my mind. I do not try, gentlemen, to account for that thing, that voice, nor can I venture to describe it in detail, since the first words took away my consciousness and created a mental blank, which reaches to the time of my awakening in the hospital. Shall I say that the voice was deep, hollow, gelatinous, remote, unearthly, disembodied? What shall I say? It was the end of my experience, and is the end of my story. I heard it, and knew no more. Heard it as I sat petrified in that unknown cemetery in the hollow, amidst the crumbling stones and the falling tombs, the rank vegetation, and the miasmal vapors. Heard it well up from the innermost depths of that damnable open sepulchre, as I watched amorphous necrophagous shadows dance beneath an accursed waning moon. Now this is what it said. You fool. Is dead. End of the statement of Randolph Carter. Recording by Alex Laugh. Manchester United Kingdom 2012.
2: Do you like the TV series Tales from the Crypt? Are you interested in full episode and movie reviews from Tales from the Crypt? This podcast is for you. The Good Evening Kitties podcast where I, Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, recap every episode with special guests and bonus horror movie reviews. The Good Evening Kitties podcast can be found on most podcast platforms. Check it out today.